Livermore Live Music presents Spotlight. Shining a light on Livermore's incredible music scene. Here are your hosts, Rob and Doug Allen. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to Spotlight, or welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Spotlight. We're so glad to be back. And today the Spotlight is on Luna Fish, and our special guests are Chris Catuso Fish, Bill Ziegler, and Jeff Fish from Luna Fish. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us here. Fantastic. Hey, uh, before we get started, um, we always have a couple of little business things that we like to do. So the first is, everybody's uh, got a, a drink of choice here, so cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Thank cheers. you for being cheers. here. Cheers. Um, I'll just mention you, virtual clink. Um, this is uh, bourbon from Sutherland Distilling here in Livermore from Diablo. It's the Diablo Shadow brand of bourbon. I think it's outstanding. And Chris is, and at the moment, and I might join her later, uh, having a little glass of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Wood Family Vineyard. So, Yum. Yeah. Uh, supporting local businesses. Always. Always, yeah. Um, the other day, my wife called down from upstairs and she said, do you ever get a, a searing pain in your back as if someone's stabbing you with a voodoo doll? And I said, no. And she said, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me try again. A match made in heaven. Yeah. You think I would have heard them all? <laughs> That's actually my goal is to try once in a while to tell one that that like my kids and my wife haven't heard because they they yeah they've heard them all. <laughs> Score several times. Yeah. yeah. Hey, again, thank you yes. so much for being here. It's our pleasure. Uh, let's uh, let's start off with you, Chris. Just tell us a little bit about your background, uh, especially musically. Um, but you know whatever you you want to communicate and just you know how did you get here from there. Well, uh, I've always been involved with music. Uh, my dad always had uh, music playing. He was a big uh, vocalist lover. So a lot of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and a lot of records playing in our house. Uh, my first uh, instrument that I learned was actually the accordion. Oh. My dad <laughs> answered a door-to-door sales call and guy was walking around selling music lessons at the local music shop and somehow being Italian, he thought a nine-year-old girl playing accordion was cool. So uh, that's really where I learned my music theory and learning how to perform on stage and mm -hmm. learning how to just get up there and yeah, well. do your thing. Um, and then uh, high school choir, church choir, uh, college choir, stage production, really was into theater a lot. Loved drama and um which is why we're i'm so excited about the bankhead just because it's a stage show but that's where i really found my love of performing and acting and singing um left it for a long time and then my friends one day uh, they were having a karaoke kind of contest thing where you sang with a live band it wasn't karaoke it was oh. actually singing with a live band uh -huh. and we were all kind of uh, inebriated enough to convince <laughs> me to get up there and do it and that was it i f was like wow this is really what i want to do went started going to jam nights learning etiquette learning how to what you do what you don't do what's proper what isn't um and then got asked to join a band and then got asked to join another band um the big thing was, though, uh, our one guitar player, Kurt Stahl, he had a blues band. And in 1999, uh, they were looking for a singer. And I met him through a mutual friend and auditioned and played with Black Hat Bone for five years. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that time, I met my husband, Jeff Fish. 
and uh, he was playing in a band that I know Bill will tell you about. So he had his band, I had my band. We just played a lot of music doing our thing. Um, and it's just been going on from there. And I know Bill will tell his part of the story with how we all merged with that. But I think that one uh, girls' night out where I was convinced enough to just get up a, there and start singing, that, that was it. Cool. That yeah. was it. Just playing with a band. Whose band was better? Hmm. Of which? Hers or ours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take I mean, so you know honestly equal. it was equal. E- yeah jeff says it's equal Never and i think um, the political answer I, yeah. yeah he's so good at that <clears throat> i think uh the truthful answer is they're totally different genres you know and um you know ours was definitely a blues band uh-huh. had a great time playing with black hat bone for five years and Played everywhere. And well, Bill, why don't stuff. you back us up then yeah, a little bit? Tell us, like, you know, start from when the day you were born. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but kind of bring us up to to the junction of the story where you all got together. Okay. Um, so I got into music. Um, my dad was a musician. He played um, in a little coffee house group with his brothers and sisters, uh, played guitar and sang. And uh, he was always, I remember this vividly, using his wedding ring on the steering wheel when the steering wheels were hard plastic, uh-huh. jamming along as we're driving on vacation or wherever. And uh, so I was amazed by his sense of rhythm. I'm assuming that's what got me into playing drums because I started gravitating towards drummers. And uh, quickly scarred up my mom's nice oak dining room table with butter knives. <laughs> so she uh, decided a good idea would be to get me a little crappy drum kit for my eighth grade graduation and set it up in the garage and went from there. Never took a lesson, just taught myself how to play. And um didn't really do anything band-wise. I played in one short-lived band back in the 80s um, and then didn't do anything else until 93 when I met Jeff. And he's like, oh, you play drums, I play guitar, let's get together. So we started jamming, put together a band. Um, Guilt Trip was the name, <laughs> sorry. And uh, we gigged a bit and then just kind of morphed into a couple other bands and that morphed into a band called Moreality. Um, that we, it was, we played a lot around Livermore in the Bay area and opened up for several national acts during that time. Oh, cool. Um, that was very cool. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Eddie Money and Eddie Money, Joe Lynn Turner. A so, real liking to Chris. Um, huh? like I said, who took a real liking to you. <clears throat> and I think that's the only reason he let us open for him. No, that's Chris not was going to be there. You guys were good. You guys <laughs> but, uh, were really good. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we, we, that band kind of ran its course and then, um, Jeff and Chris got together. We all became close, and Lunafish was born. How long after? Lunafish was Actually, born. Actually, almost simultaneously. It was yeah, Morality was kind of going like this, and Lunafish was kind of going so like this. So this was yeah. around 2000 or so? So um, they, what happened, when I, when we all started getting together, they, Morality was so good. I was like, you guys just, you just don't know how to sell yourselves, and my day job at the time was a sales rep. And so I was all about sales and marketing. I'm like, you just need, no one wanted to get on the phone and book gigs. No one wanted to deal with all the, you know, hassle of relationship building with venues and things like that. I was like, I'll do it. Cause mm-hmm. that's my, that's my thing. So we ended up getting them involved with a booking agent. And I mean, really they, they did a bone hometown. They played at the shoreline on one of the bone hometown shows. We had them really involved with uh, the radio station, uh, they opened up for Eddie Money and Joe Lynn Turner and um, Pat Travers. My, Pat Travers a, f- a couple of times. Yes. And hmm? 
the tubes. Yeah. The tubes. The I lines. mean, yeah, yeah it, wow. they were really mm-hmm. on fire. They yeah. were really doing great. And that was really fun for me being the back person. But I still was always like, oh, this is the stuff I want to be singing. I yeah. want to be doing this, too. Um, so there was a little bit of a merging at the time. And then, like Bill said, Moriality was kind of running its course. And Jeff said at the time. So this was around 2006, 2007. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we had already been married three or four years. And he's like, I really want to do a female-led rock band. That's what I really want. That's This was Jeff's thing. It's like, he goes, I really want to, um, I won't tell you exactly what he said, but <laughs> he said, I really want to have a female-led yeah. rock band. Okay. So Bill uh, and Mike Fine, our bass player, mm-hmm. was in Moriality as well. Okay. Um, they were on board. And then we just kind of started building it from there and doing a lot of Janis Joplin and Jefferson Airplane. And he wanted to do a lot of psychedelic 60s stuff. That's mm-hmm. Jeff's genre is that mm-hmm. whole psychedelic 60s. Yeah. Um, and then we just started from there. So that was so Lunafish was born in 2007. We had our first gig at Babe's Place. Um, oh, we, wow. Yeah, yeah. We did a lot of uh, we hosted the jam night back then. So. You know, Livermore right now is such a big hotbed of musicianship and something like Livermore Live Music is so uh, beneficial for putting that all together. And whether musicians tell you or not, we're really grateful for all that. Thank you. Um, But back in 2007, there wasn't a lot of that. And what we wanted to create at that jam night was a creative space for musicians to just get together and play and jam and meet each other and network and feel comfortable honing their craft. And that jam night really meant a lot to us. We we were very proud of that jam night for, what, four years. Yeah. Four years we had that thing going. Yeah. Um, and it was really, it was wonderful. And you're right. That was right in the era when the live music scene in Livermore was just starting to grow. Mm-hmm. Up till then, you know, there was bands and bars, but it, it wasn't the, like the Austin scene that's yeah. going on. Yeah, it wasn't that's a community just, at that Yeah, point. that's just as it was starting to, to take off. Yeah. yeah. And so we were really proud to be part of that um that start to mm-hmm. just go you know no we just want people to come and have a good time and you know is this is not this is not, leave your ego at the door how did the name uh, lunafish where'd that come from so jeff and i were uh sitting around one morning and trying to think of this name for this female-led rock band and our last name is fish mm-hmm. and gattuso in italian means like fat lazy cat <laughs> and I'm like, well, catfish is not going to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we couldn't really figure out a way to merge the two names together. And uh, we had gone to NAM one year and got a T-shirt from Luna Guitars. And oh. I happened to be wearing it. And he looked at it and he's like, what about Luna Fish? And then we started mm-hmm. kind of just doing a little market research. What do you think? Yeah. And everybody loved it. So we we're like, okay, that's it, Luna Fish. And I'm a big stars, moon, you know, Mercury's and retrograde person. Okay. So... Lunafish worked out really good. Oh, cool. Awesome. And it just kind of stuck. Is it actually in retrograde right now? It's not in retrograde right now. She'll tell you when it is. <laughs> but I will okay. tell you. Okay. I could tell well, you, you when it is. email address. Let me know. Full moon's in Aquarius, which is really, it's, it, that's a good sign. That's a good thing. Okay. What does yeah. that mean for Libras? That I don't know. Don't I'm not know. that okay. good no, Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> what does it mean for Aquarians? <laughs> but I can tell you when... When we all have a problem communicating, I'm like, oh, oh you yeah. know what's happening. Mercury's in mm-hmm. retrograde. Of Got course, it. That's right. So. Well, good. You can blow it off. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry yeah, yeah. about it. It's all good. <laughs> so, so, bring yeah. us, so I know there's more to the story. So now you're, you're 
starting to gain some popularity. Mm -hmm. The music scene in Livermore and actually, you know, other parts of the Bay Area, but especially in Livermore, is starting to take off. Yeah. And then, you know, go from there. What happens? Yeah. What happened to your jam night? Uh, well, our jam night, uh, well, Babe's Place got uh, sold and bought and the venue decided to make some changes. So they went in a different direction. Yeah, bummer. And yeah, the... At the time, yeah, it was a big bummer. But retrospectively, with what happened in our lives personally, it it all worked again. Everything worked out. Yeah, sure. So in 2010, uh, Greg Sutton joined our band. So we had two guitars, and he's a songwriter. So we had a whole bunch of material. Jeff has Jeff has written a whole bunch of originals mm -hmm. that Moriality did. So Moria Moriality has a CD of originals and. Um, some of which Jeff is the original songwriter as well. And um, so we were going into the studio in 2008. We started in 2010 and 11 yeah. in the beginning of January, 2011. And we were in the studio recording um, these originals that Greg had and Jeff had. Okay. And we were just on fire. We were like, the world's our oyster. We're doing great. And then in uh, July of 2011, Jeff went in for a surgical procedure that went horribly wrong. And um, it's a long, sordid story. But the bottom line is he he actually died and they uh, got him back. Um, and it's just been a recovery process for the last mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, and joyfully... He's all mentally and cognitively there. It's just his physical body got impaired. And so his guitar playing skills are not there, right. but his creative skills are all there. Mm -hmm. So we transitioned from uh, him being the lead guitar player. We asked Kurt Stahl to join us because we needed another guitar player to play with Greg. And um, now we have in Greg's place, we have Mark Furtado, who's recently joined us. So we're back to the two guitar mm -hmm. full band um, scenario, but Jeff is definitely the creative source. He, we all, it's a collaborative effort, no mm -hmm. doubt. We all bring in songs, we all bring in a wish list, mm -hmm. um, and decide what we want to play. But the direction and the vibe is all Jeff Fish and. What we've always said is Luna Fish is a family, and we say that at almost every single gig, is that this is a family event. And if you if it's your first time at a Luna Fish show, welcome to the family. Yeah. If you're back again, welcome back, you know, welcome home. And our vibe has always been, we, we're just here to have a good time, and we hope you guys do too. And this is what we want to do, and create a space for everybody just to forget about life for a little while and enjoy things. But... We've all been taught that life is so fragile and mm -hmm. life is you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And regardless of how many plans and dreams we had, yeah, it, it all got morphed. And I won't say stopped and I won't say done. I'll just say it got morphed. Changed. Big time. It, it morphed. Well, so. and how cool that and I don't know how long it took after that till you started playing music live again. We were playing but, music we were live. Playing. But point <laughs> right being, right so you're, you're a decade now into Part of that recovery process being you get to be on stage. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you play, and it's cool. And Jeff gets to be on stage and mm -hmm. be a part of the audience interaction. So yeah. that seems like a big part of, I'm just speaking completely out of turn, but what kind of recovery process there might 
Yeah. I've been for the last 10 years or 10 so. 10 years, so exactly. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I know awesome. that about you. In fact, I, I will add to that that I've been to a bunch of your shows too. And um, I mean, you, you guys are definitely one of the most popular bands in Livermore. You're one of the biggest draws. And, wow, you know, when you when you go to uh, one of your gigs, it's to me, it's kind of a Grateful Dead thing. I mean, you've yeah. got this... You've got this group of people that just, you know. You struck a wrong note, I think. <laughs> yeah. Jeff completely disagrees with Shut that. up. Well, that's, no. that's nice Sorry. of you to say, because no, that, that's kind of how we feel about it ourselves. You know, we just, we're just there and we're just going to play music and have a great time together. And, you know, like Chris said, it really is a family. You know, when I met Jeff in 93, it was kind of like a brother I never had. I've got two sisters and a stepsister. And we clicked musically immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why we've been together all these years. And and like you were saying, for him to be up there on stage mm-hmm. with us just means the world to us and to him. Yeah. You know, he yeah, gets, cool. gets to be there soaking in the vibe. And we so get, anybody who's yeah. watching this, if you haven't been to one of their shows, you really should go see him. It's, I mean, you, you guys put on a great show. Thank it's you. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, do you know why you never leave a locked, uh, an accordion locked in the backseat of your car? <laughs> Uh, no. You mentioned accordion, right? Yes, <laughs> because somebody might break in and leave another accordion. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going somewhere that, yeah. that direction. I was going to say your spot at that jam night had to have been pretty safe with the accordion. I don't know if any <laughs> accordion people showed up no, to play. But I will tell you, it has not left the garage in many years. She's been so threatening like, to break it out. And, and our and bass player, for whatever reason, is all for it. And I'm yeah, like, Mike no. wants me to break that pretty cool. accordion out you know, so bad. People make jokes about accordions. I certainly do. But a good accordion player with the right music is a thing of beauty. Right? Yeah. That's what I think, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so. like, I don't I can't even fathom how that all works mm. with the... So you need a different kind of brain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just pound on things with sticks and I'm yeah. happy. Well, so. I, I mean, I play keyboards and then same thing. I just got no buttons on. I, I think there's yeah. a keyboard at the end of some there, of I, I've seen a keyboard in there <laughs> yeah. somewhere. It looks kind of familiar. Yeah. On, on one side. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a try one of these days. <laughs> hey, um... Talk a little bit about, uh, so, so you guys have done some big gigs and you've played the Bankhead Theater uh, a number of times and um, this episode won't air until afterwards, but you have a gig at the Bankhead tomorrow. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, like, how do you come by that? How did you, you know, what, how did that all happen? How did that happen? <laughs> and then also just talk about what it's like to get to play to a big audience wow. at the Bankhead. You wow. talk about how it came about. No, t- and then you, oh. oh, you take the second half? Oh, okay. Let's just jam, baby. Okay, let's yeah. just jam. <laughs> That's Jeff's favorite word. Just jam. Um, there was uh, we actually. I actually got introduced to Scott Kennison, who was the oh. executive director at the time of the Bankhead in two thousand. You know, this was two thousand and eighteen, seventeen, and I got introduced to him, and uh, his husband at the time had just uh, suffered a stroke, and my husband had had his injuries and so we just kind of connected on this wow how do you live your daily life and do your things with this new logistic that you have to deal with and we just kind of hit it off right off the bat Mm -hmm. and I told him what we do and he came and saw us at a show one time and one day he just said would you guys like to put on a show at the bankhead and I'm like oh yeah that would be great no thanks Scott yeah (laughs) can't deal with that that was nice of you but never mind we'll pass so for me the thought of putting on a stage production with all my theater background, oh my gosh, I was like salivating at the idea of, wow, this would be really good. The guys, on the other hand, were like, what? You know, Bill had had some experience because with Moriality, they had played some big, they'd played the Avalon and Salinas. They had, they'd played some theater shows, but the other guys were like, what? Yeah. Um, so I had a great time just kind of putting on a production. It's, 
So when you do the bank, so that's how we got involved with Scott. And then the next year, it was the Woodstock 50th anniversary. So for a psychedelic 60 band with Woodstock 50 year anniversary, that was just, here it is. How could you make it any better? Yeah. Um, and we really wanted to do the theme of recreate the, with the Woodstock show. My thought was for people who had never been to Woodstock or people who wanted to learn about Woodstock, that would be a great way to do it. So we pretty much built the show around all the performers that were at Woodstock with visuals and pictures and uh, historical information and all kinds of stuff. It was a, it was a great show. Um, so this, we were going to do it again last year, but COVID kind of crushed it. And then this year, again, we're still kind of hampered with the whole COVID thing. But uh, our thought is, how do how do you recreate, how do you put on a show that's different than what you do at maybe Wood Family or Monica's or anywhere else that you play? Mm -hmm. It's got to be different. And the only way to do that is to do something visual. So this year, Bill took over the whole visual aspect of it, um, which, thank you, dude. I really appreciate that. That was awesome. Glad you took it. Um, and the idea is to give the audience an immersion of what was happening in the year's of the songs that we're playing. Mm -hmm. So whether it's 69, 72, 73, whatever that is, what was happening back then? So people can really lose themselves in that experience and walk out going, wow, that that wasn't just people up there playing music. That was an experience. That was that was a production. Right. And that's the goal of how of what the Bankhead shows are mm -hmm. all about. And Bill, maybe talk a little bit about now from the performer's side. I mean how does it feel to get to stand up there? On, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice venue. How does that feel? Um, it feels awesome. I mean, first of all, the whole experience from the minute you get there to start setting up, they treat you like any other act that comes through there, you know, not mm -hmm. just a local hack band. Um, and, you know, full on green room and multiple dressing rooms with the lighted mirrors. You just feel like you're doing a professional yeah. concert, which you are. You are. And, yeah, um, right. but sitting there you know you know you go out to a winery or a bar and you you're sitting there playing your music and people are paying attention but they're talking and they're drinking and they're having fun and getting up and going to the bathroom you've got 500 people in your face mm -hmm. staring at you that you well, can't really see right first couple rows mm -hmm. yeah you yeah. see it. if you look like yeah. if you look at them you can see them but yeah, if you look at them you, try you can't yeah try not to look so <laughs> it, it's a whole different vibe um which is awesome it's a little more you know you get a little more nervous about it but um, first, I mean, when I've got both the previous shows on video on my computer and I'll go back and watch them every now and then. And just hearing the roar, roar. If, if 500 people can roar, hearing roar. the roar is just like, <laughs> wow, that, it's just amazing. That sounds so. great. I'm yeah. the only person in the room who's never performed music on stage at the Bankhead. <laughs> oh, really? You did? Well, yeah. So I playing crawdad and we played there a couple oh, times so, oh yeah, yeah. my god that's the, i didn't put the two together i knew you looked familiar yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great band oh, thank you but um wait let me let me let me do this <laughs> we've played there a couple times and i would say our experience is exactly that right and i so what i was going to ask is like do you treat it differently because we we kind of do because mm -hmm. um there's less way. grace for messing up mm -hmm, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like or at least i mean there's probably not like people probably don't notice the same way no that, there is. i think you're right um but we think there is mm -hmm. and so i was going to say do you think about it differently maybe not get more nervous but at least treat your performance differently absolutely definitely because i do yeah way yeah. more way more preparation 
than we do for yeah. a weekly bar show. We prepare for those too, but yeah, I mean every we so we practice every Wednesday, mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. We practice every Wednesday, and usually the Wednesday before a gig is we're running down the set list to make sure everybody's up to speed and we're all good. So we we practice, but we've done like what four, five practices just for the bank yeah, set list, tight, tight, tight just up. to get tight, <laughs> just right. to make because we're at we added a lot of new stuff. We don't want to put on the same show that you can come out to Wood Family or Casa Rosco or wherever you want to put on the same show. So we added eight nine. New songs. New yeah. songs oh, cool. for the show yeah. that people haven't heard before. So. Is it just you guys? Is there yeah. Else just oh, us. Cool. Yeah. Just so us. Yeah. Pressure's on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's just, you know, the previous shows we had guest players yeah. come in. Um, so you could kind of hand off stuff. But now it's like just us. So, How yeah. Cool. I. It, it, but you're right. You kind. That was my thing is that, first of all, people are paying a ticket, mm-hmm. right? They're buying a ticket for this show. So you don't want them to go... Well, I'm just going to wait till next week and see what's up. Yeah. You have to give them something that they walk out of there going, wow, that was very cool. Yeah. And that was worth it. That was worth it. Oh, yeah. So you're right. There is a little bit more. You got to have a new mm-hmm. costume. You got to have a new set list. Yeah. You got to have a new visual additive, whatever that is. So, yeah. yeah. I also find it's sort of a different experience to be able like the quality of production and sound just on stage is different than you're just out in the world playing various venues. Like, right. you know, you, you go through, some have good sound, some have not so much. Some have people who know what they're doing, <laughs> some not so much. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, when it's a place like that, I get a personal kick out of like, you know, this is cool being with people who absolutely know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I still find it kind of weird going on stage, being able to hear everything. Yeah. Right. Exactly you what know, you want you in your monitor. You don't always yeah. get that same experience when you're at, you know. I'm not going to name Joe's a place, Barn but you know, right. yeah, Joe's, sure. Bar- Joe's, Joe's Bar and Grill. Grill. I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. good. That way you're yeah. not singling anybody out in right, particular. Yeah. And I don't know about your situation, but I run the sound for our gigs. Yeah. So. Yeah, we do too. You yeah. know, so, okay. Mm-hmm. So when I run the sound, it's kind of like, I've got not only my performance to do, but then I've got yep. to worry about what's the main sound like? <laughs> what does the mix sound yep. like? Can everybody hear everybody? Is there to do But when you're doing a show like that, it's just all about what, vibe do you want to give to the audience yeah. what is your job my my job as a singer i had this this is the best advice i ever got from when i was learning etiquette from people at jam night was your job as a singer is to tell the story that's your job mm-hmm. so whatever song it is whether you like it or not whether you're digging it or not whether you're you it connects with you or not your job is to tell the story right so tell the story that best advice I ever got. So when you do something like at the bankhead where you don't have to worry about sound yeah. and you don't have to worry about any of that, you just get to tell the story and connect with the audience yeah. to whatever, whatever my story is or the song's story is to yeah. connect with the audience and have them draw into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my job. And yeah. when they do connect, that's, that's like the best no, I, I understand. heaven on earth, right? So not at, not at the level y'all are talking about, but we've had a couple of shows over the years where um, we had somebody who like knows what they're doing and who I really trust mm-hmm. run the sound for us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's a tired. different experience to get up there and just perform and know that you sound as good out the mains as you're going to. Right. Right. And you don't have to worry you, about mm-hmm. that. And that's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yep. It really is. Yeah. Then the onus is on you to perform and, and not mess up. That's so. right. That's you right. Can, you can, nobody, can't blame it on the sound yeah. guy. Can't blame it on the sound guy. That's right. Yeah. Sadly. 
sadly. Uh, you you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but talk a little bit about the recordings that you've done. I know you had uh, you had plans to do an album, yeah. Yeah. but um, talk about the things that you did get down, you did get recorded. Wow. So we got three songs that were done, um, except we did we didn't get a chance to add keyboards in it. And our keyboard player, Don Bott, who's been playing since forever. You know Don. Yeah. yeah. Our our joke about Don is no matter what song we bring in that we want to do, he'll say, oh, I played this song in 1969 (laughs) with da-da-da-da, and he'll tell you who it was and when he did it and what (laughs) venues he played it in. and The original band members. The original band members, yeah. And it's great because the benefit of that is that you have – you have the knowledge already there and he'll tell you exactly. No, it doesn't go to D it goes to E or whatever. He'll, he'll let you know what it is. Um, so we had, uh, we had three songs that we had gotten done. One of which was hubris that we put on the yeah. Livermore live on the, on the compilation. Album. Yeah. 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 yeah we song. put that on there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and the lyrics I wrote for that happened right after the tsunami that happened in Japan in oh. 2011. Uh-huh. And it was before Jeff's accident and the tsunami had happened and Jeff was like, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. I'm like, go to bed. I can't, I can't sleep right now. There's just too much happening in my head. And I sat down and wrote all the lyrics out right in that one spot because I couldn't believe what I was watching on TV. That was, and that was Fukushima also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Right. A quick note about hubris, if I could. Yes. So she had the lyrics written ahead of time. The rest of it was written in the studio. The day we recorded it. Day, ah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. One take. In one, one, take, one take, yeah. Wow, wow. And Greg just started I, playing a riff. Chris said, play like a funky, groovy riff. Dirty, it's, dirty little it's got, thing. It's got that, it's a great track. You know, again, Thanks. if you have, if you haven't heard it, you can get it on the, the this year's uh, compilation album. Great track. And when you listen to it, yeah, it's got that, it's got that live, you know, we're just, I mean, it's like when you watched, when you watched, um, uh, Gene Kelly dance, mm-hmm. right? Um, or actually, Fred Astaire is a better example. He looked like he was just goofing off, right? He wasn't. He was working hard. He had mm-hmm. that all planned down. But it just looked like he was loafing. And when I hear that song, it's the same thing. It, it just feels like, oh, you guys are just goofing around. You're just jamming, even though it's so tight and so well written. Thank you. Thank you. We were jamming. We were jamming, yeah. yeah. We had gotten well. together... We had gotten together before we were going into the studio, actually, and I had told every... I, got, I was like, you guys, I have these lyrics, have a feeling in my head can't tell you exactly how it goes but this is what i want and i said i want something dirty and funky and angry and they just started playing i mean they just started playing and then the next day we went into the studio and recorded it and to me that's what lunafish is i mean we we've been playing together for 14 years now so bill and mike and don and kurt and now Mark's joined us, but we've been playing together for 14 years. And after a while, you just kind of go, this is, this is the feeling I want. Go. Yeah. And you can't, <laughs> it's just so magical. Yeah, it's just, that's when magic happens. Do you ever, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but do you ever have the opposite experience? So we've got a song where we've got the lyrics. I think they're pretty cool. I have sort of a, sort of an idea about how it should work melodically, but we We've my band's been playing with this for like two years now. We tried to record it last year when we we made an album during COVID, mm-hmm. and we just can't get the feel of it together. Like the drummer hears one thing, and 
Kevin, here's another thing. And so we've been putzing with this for almost two years now. And I, I don't think we're ever going to get it recorded. <laughs> right. So well, it's, it's, the, that it's the opposite experience of not only does it not come together, but every time you try to make it work, it's just like. So kind of a similar example. There's a one of the other originals we recorded um, in that studio is called 67 Groove, mm-hmm. written by Jeff. And then after he had his accident, we remember we tried to resurrect it a few mm-hmm. years ago. We tried to pull it back in, but nobody played guitar Different like feel. Jeff plays mm-hmm. guitar. And we couldn't get the vibe of the song right. Mm-hmm. So maybe with Mark now we can try it again. Yeah, Mark, the the fun thing about Mark is that he play his phrasing and his feel is a lot like how Jeff used to play. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hopeful that we can bring that song back. But to go back to your story about that song i always have a thought that songs are like children right and sometimes they're just not ready to be born yet right (laughs) it's it's a creative process and you really need all the stars to align and you really need all the creative aspects to be ready and if it's not ready and it feels more like work then it's not ready to be born yet just give it time well i'll I'll continue to i'll look forward to the day when Magically, it all it all happens, and it will. Together, I'm yeah. telling you, it'll magically. It'll just it all come together. Well, and you're the, like, t- oh. the the title of the song is "So Much Whiskey, So Much Time." <laughs> so, so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that someday we can re- get it recorded. You still have anyway. too much time, and there's plenty of whiskey. So <laughs> well, it's it. not ready yet. Yeah. They're talking about a ten year ten year song. You're two years in, so you got that's right. Yeah, you got yeah. time. That's right. We have plenty of time. Yeah, we're still trying to breathe, man. The creative process doesn't have a time limit, right? It happens, it, when, it it happens when it happens. And all the pieces have to be ready to go. Well, so. and to your point, and we've talked about this with guests on this show a bunch of times, the songs that basically write themselves, more often than not, are the best songs right. that come out, right? The ones that you spend months or longer tweaking the lyrics, you, you might get a good song out of it. But the ones that you love are the ones where, yeah, I sat down and in 15 minutes or half an hour, right. th- that all came Just out. Just popped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you write, and maybe this is not your experience, but it sounds like what you're saying is uh, your writing process is a little bit different after 14 years because you developed that shorthand mm-hmm. with each other, right? The language that you can just, you ordered, you know, it needs to be dirty and funky. Yeah. Imagine saying that to strangers and then saying, please play me a, a song that I can sing these lyrics mm-hmm. right. that I've had for 10 years too. And you can't do it. Right. 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 So, I, I mean, at least my personal experience has been that once you develop that shorthand with each other than that writing mm-hmm. process. I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's different. And it's different. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. We, I mean, at least my band, we, we talk in a weird language to each other. Yeah. And everybody works, understands but it. Yeah. yeah. But everybody in that room, but they right. get, it's not English. Right. Yeah. And that, again, that's why I say it's a family thing, right? Yeah. Every band is a dysfunctional family because there's, there's personalities and you learn how to deal with each other's little quirks and all that other stuff. But there's a language that gets built in there. And to your point, these are all songs that we had 10, 11. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that Jeff has with Moriality that we would love to incorporate into Luna Fish. And it's going to morph a little bit because it's a different band than Moriality was, but the songs are phenomenal. Just well, you know, that kind of brings me to um, another thing I wanted to ask about, which is sort of the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you have specific plans or sort of general ideas, but talk a little bit about where you think you might be going and, you know, what in, in your perfect world, what you'd like to accomplish as a band going forward. You want to go first? Touring. Touring. Touring? 
Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's ready Absolutely. to go, man. So Get we on did, the bus. We, we did a little of that. Just a side note. Uh, back in 2009, we went over, oh, yeah. to, went over to Germany. Um, and we, a good friend of ours, long story short, had a buddy in Germany who was a, a concert promoter. And he's like, you want to come over and do a two-week club tour? No. Yeah. <laughs> so no, thanks, Scott. Boring. Went over, toured, <laughs> German, toured Germany for two weeks, clubs, finished it off with like a bigger theater show, and then uh, spent the next three days chilling in Amsterdam. So that chilling. was cool. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Is chilling. Um, oh, cool. So yeah. as far as- And that f- was before Jeff's accident. So that was really fun, you know, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We had a good time. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as the future, um, you know, Jeff mentioned touring. Not sure what that looks like for a mostly cover band, but once we start writing again and getting some of Jeff's stuff up to speed, which maybe we can look at. We're, right now, everything's the Bankhead show. Just trying yeah, yeah. to get that. Of course. Cool. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's a direction to go in, start working on the originals a little more and getting some of those out there because it's all it's good stuff that people need to hear. Yeah. You have other shows booked too, right? I, I was on your website and it looks like you're getting pretty busy. We're yeah, busy all summer. This whole summer, <laughs> cool. literally every single weekend. This as soon summer, as things kind of opened really up again, yeah, it was it was Super all over grateful. and done. I just checked LivermoreLiveMusic.com, and it, yeah, you have a lot of gigs coming up. And that's just September. Was, I haven't even yeah. sent you October that was, yet. <laughs> yeah. That was LivermoreLiveMusic.com. You said, yeah, yeah is that what that was? <laughs> Write that down. That yeah, that's that? A, yeah. one word. Right. There you go. It's all one word. You know, I if you were to ask me what my perfect scenario would be, is that especially with Mark coming on board and because he has the phrasing and the vibe of what, how Jeff used to sound, it opens up a lot of doors for me. And so personally, I would love to start writing and creating some more originals Um, cover bands. I love being a cover band. I love, I love doing what we do. I absolutely, I do. But if we could incorporate some of the stuff that I know we as musicians can create, I would love to do that. We've had a little bit of a personal, a person, um, personnel mm-hmm. change. It's been kind of okay. Here, this this is changing. We're going to morph over here, and we're going to do this. Right. Um, and it's so it's hard to get a consistency going to be able to create. But I think what I think the lineup that we have right now is ready to go, and we just we're so busy. Yeah. Thank God. Great. Grateful with so many gigs, we don't have the time to do that. So winter's coming, winter is coming, (laughs) winter is coming. Um, So that might create some new opportunities, but recording. Recording, Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give a little hint is that, like I said, we practice every Wednesday and sometimes Jeff and I have to take care of bathroom issues and whatever. And we're in the back of the house and the guys are just standing all around and they just start jamming. Yeah. And the stuff they're just jamming on makes gives me goosebumps. Chris came and running cool. out of the back of the house with a notepad. What was that? What was that? Yeah. What was that chord progression? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. because they're not going to remember, right? Because yeah, they're just jamming. Guys, I don't know. They're like, I don't know what jamming. it was. And I'm like, here's my. Tell me what that chord progression was because that was fantastic. Yeah. That's where I get really excited and go, oh my gosh, we we need to get that down. Right. So in the future, that would be. That's something that I would really love to continue to explore. But again, since Jeff is the leader and founder of the band and he's got the vision, he's the one who's always like, his his thing is, just jam. Stop thinking about it. Just jam. Okay, but now you've whetted our appetite. And so I'm going to be looking. I'm not putting a time limit on it, but I'm okay, just saying. Okay, good. I'm going to be looking for. <laughs> she said winter. I, I'm going to be looking for <laughs> tour 
album. I'll be, I'll be, oh, I'm just wow. warning you. I'll, okay. be, I'll be looking for yeah, that. Like right. that Michael album tour. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would that would work too. Uh, I don't care. That's old school. It's all something that happens. Yeah. Good. Um, the reference to um, the King, uh, the Game of Thrones. Like, he's never going to finish the other two books. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to set expectations for everybody here. You don't think he will? No, you have little faith. No. <laughs> yes, me of little faith. That's right. Well, yeah. I believe in a lot of things. I don't believe he'll ever finish that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I have no comment on that. Hey, um, what else? I mean, I, so what else have we not asked you about? Are there other things that you want to chat about? Little interesting stories, like. What's the funniest gig or the worst gig or the best gig you ever had? You know, mm. I got so a thing. Oh, you got Actually, a thing? you you start. No, I just had I so many gigs. Else. But go ahead. What did you do in the last year and a half? I mean, wow. we we did oh. the thing with the Vineyard Vibes thing, which was pretty cool. And that, that was, was very cool. cool for us to be a part of. But I, I vaguely remember you saying that was among the first things that you had done, yeah. and that was only a few months into the the pandemic. But I mean, in the months since, has it been? Nothing but gigs? Has it been, do you still jam once a week? We, we stopped practicing for a while uh, when the shut, when everything shut down. Right? Yeah. Because everybody yeah, well, was... Well, the Vineyard Vibes was just this February, right? Oh, was so, it? That was yeah. almost, that was okay. almost so a year. Because yeah. we, did, we did three of those. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I was cross. So I thought ours, this was last year. Yeah, so ours was just February right, of right. this year. The previous year... When things got shut down, and so we did, we did a gig in Pleasanton on March thirteenth, a few days before, right of twenty twenty, right before the shutdown was, and nobody was there, and that was the creepiest feeling, yeah. where you're just like, should we be playing? Should we be encouraging people to come out? We don't really know, but for us, when we make a commitment. We're gonna be there. I don't care if it's one hundred and six degrees outside or it's windy as whatever right can't say that uh we're gonna be there and i think we've only canceled one gig uh but we will be there no matter what and i think that really helps with the venues is that when we make a commitment they know we're going to show up Mm -hmm. um so when that gig happened and the whole there was talk about shutting down and covid and we didn't this was march of 2020 so nobody knew what the heck was going on right it, that was that was kind of a creepy feeling, and then for that next three or four months, we played a few gigs. We did the two patio gigs at Monica's. After uh, that, yeah, she and, she yeah. she shut down mm-hmm. the whole patio, and it yeah, was just us. Mm-hmm. And then there were people oh, yeah, kind of yeah, hanging, yeah, right. hanging on the street. That's right. Yeah, so, in June and July, socially of that or year. distant, right. responsible. Mm-hmm. But we did a few mm-hmm. gigs in there. I've talked to a lot of band personnel and a few gigs over the last few months, and everybody struggled in that period, March to May, June of last year, mm-hmm. what to do, right? Right. Have it, don't have it. How do you, you know, what do you it do? was just, it, I mean, it, it was a whole new world. Right. And everybody was trying to figure out, figure it out. Yeah. And I, even now, I don't think there was a right or wrong answer. I think you had to do what you felt was best for you. Yeah. Um, we had a band meeting about it and we talked about it. What do you feel comfortable with? And we were all like, well, you know, as long as we can social distance from the band, from the audience, right. let's do it. And we wanted to do it. I mean, this this is how strong our commitment is, is that even when Jeff had his accident, we had we had a whole slate of gigs ready. And he said, do not cancel a gig. Do not let the band fall apart. This He's laying in the hospital bed and he's telling Bill and I, don't let the band fall apart. You keep the gigs. 
don't lose anything. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And it was tough. There, wow. were, I remember uh, loading up for a gig one day and Jeff's, you know, still in dire straits in the hospital. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. just going, to, I, there's never been a gig I wanted to do less than I right. wanted to do this. But you, right you went and did it anyway. But we went and Absolutely. did it anyway. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, again, with Jeff, it's all about the music. Mm-hmm. It's all about that connection that you're going to create. And so regardless of what I'm doing, you guys need to do that. So... I think that's kind of what kept Lunafish going for as long as we have, because we've always rallied around Jeff, always, no matter what. And when he wanted us to go play, we played. And when he wanted us to, like, when we mess up, he's the first one <laughs> to tell us, that sucked. You guys better do that song again. No. I'll go, okay. <laughs> or or he'll give, um, like, when we're practicing a new song, he'll give instructions to Kurt and mark and say i want more distortion there i want more wah pedal there i want this there i want this make it sound dirtier make it so he's always giving instruction on what he hears in his head so that's kind of why he may not be the guitar player anymore right but he's the music but he's definitely the creative guy and he will tell you i want this i want this solo verse let it breathe do a bass solo. More Wawa. More Wawa. Hopefully not more cowbell, right? Oh, no, that's Chris's department. That's my job. Okay, yeah. So, so uh, to circle back, I think that during the pandemic, we were all very much like, we still have our core focus, which right. is yeah. to provide music yeah. and to create an atmosphere where people can be safe and happy and stuff. Because we've seen... With Jeff's accident, we've seen the worst. Right, right. Right? So it, it was it was dicey, but we still did it. We took a little bit of cool, a break, but we all got together. We yeah. we practiced with masks. Everybody wore a mask yeah. in the house. Gigged with masks. <laughs> we it's gigged a, with masks. It's been a strange, strange year. Hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to Livermore Live Music for a yes. second, and Ooh. then we'll bring it back to you. So, but I had a couple things I wanted to mention. So one was um, notable in his absence is Kevin Snyder, who was our my co-host for the first year. And I just want to assure everybody, Kevin and I are still best friends. We're still bandmates. Um, this has been a strange year. Um, we put Spotlight on pause for a while. Kevin got involved in some other projects, sort of changed his priorities, decided that he, he didn't want to do this. Not that he didn't want to, but he didn't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Allen from Advanced Creative and Crawdad Republic and the Allen family. Um, <laughs> uh, very generously offered to come and uh, co-host with me, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. But I want to make sure everybody understands what that transition was about. I was his fourth choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Conan wasn't available, right? And and, and I heard he was. Yeah, I heard he's and free it, now. And then it turned out he he, he wasn't right. Um, I also want to mention there's a couple of fundraisers coming up that I'm just so excited about. There's always. Uh, not always, but often good fundraisers going on in Livermore. People are so generous. The bands are so generous. But two that I know about that I just want to give a quick nod out uh, to are um, Love Livermore Live. So that's uh, October 9th, and it's at Darcy Kent. Nine bands there playing on three different stages. Wow. Um, it's like a little mini, you know, multi-band con- uh, or concert. Coachella. Yeah, yeah, right. A little right. mini Coachella. A little mini two-day town. There you um, go. Anyway, 
fantastic thing. If you want to learn more about it, go to livermorelivemusic.com. Just look around for the gigs and you'll find it. Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun. And one of the stages, by the way, is the Livermore Live Music Lounge. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're wow, super excited about that. Um, a week after that um, is uh, Evening Town. So that's the annual fundraiser for uh, the Two-Day Town Music Festival. That'll be held at uh, Tesla Ventners. Um, we got three bands lined up for that. Again, great music and uh, details. You can find them on, uh, you can just Google it or you can find them on the morelivemusic.com. But I wanted to shout out to both those things that are coming up and, and we're really excited about them. Excellent. Very cool. Very so you brought up Two-Day Town. We have a little running joke. <laughs> so a few years ago, we Lunafish was asked, you know, we'd never been involved before and Lunafish was asked to... Uh, play the fundraiser um, that they do. The Evening Town. The Evening Feb, Town, yeah. No, no, FebFest. Feb oh, FebFest. Feb 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 yeah, they do too, that's right. So Lunafish was asked to play FebFest, and we were chosen to participate in the in the actual festival that year. Well, that's the year that it got shut down due to the political stuff that was going on. We're like, the oh, permit stuff. Man, we just got stuff. asked to do it. Now it's not happening. Yeah. Following year, we were asked to do it again. COVID shut it down. Mm -hmm. We're like, man, Lunafish has jinxed two days. Yeah, yeah, we feel so Great bad. Job. It's our fault. Yeah, yeah you're it's all, hey, it's right on. Whatever we can yeah. do to support we the cause. We did FedFest for both times and yeah. it got canceled. Yeah. Like, we still have never been to two day town. Still never. And, right. And then sadly, the year after that, which was th this year, um, it was canceled again. We did another Quarantown, right? The virtual right. version of it, which is fun and it's challenging, but it's not quite the same. Um, right. And I have to comment, uh, so T a good friend of mine, TJ Tyler, yeah. from the Mondays, is also the president of the Two Day Town Corporation. And he'll tell you in a heartbeat, he jokes about it, he's been the president of that for three years. Huh? He's never, <laughs> never, I mean, he's been to Two Day Towns, but he's never been to it as president of Two Day Town. So we are- Still hasn't happened yet. Oh man, so Two Day Town 2022 should be coming up in April of next year. And fingers knock crossed, wood. everybody knock wood, right? Wow. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be involved with it. Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> well, no, I guarantee you can't. You're not the jinx. Right. I don't. I'm not ready to say that yet. Oh, no, no, right. no, no. I'm, I'm going I'm with TJ. We'll, we'll see what happens with the bankhead because that's that's Chris and Scott's thing too, right? Is so Scott is no longer the executive director right. there. It's Chris, yeah. and he will joke that he took over right as the pandemic was hitting. Right. Right. And so I don't know if you guys jinx them too, but I don't know either. <laughs> Well, was Mercury in retrograde I, when all this was happening? I'll find out. I'll look back and okay. see if that was really the case. Yeah. Well, your show's on for tomorrow night, so yes. yeah. I think you're fine. I can't believe it's tomorrow night already, but yeah. It's yeah, break be a leg, time. by the way. I'm Thank sure you. Yeah, how cool. Fantastic. Thank fun. you. It's just, I don't know. As a theater person, I just, that minute you set a foot on stage is just, wow, best feeling ever. So what else? Last word. What do you, what do you want the people who are watching this to you know, walk away with, or what one thing did we not talk about that you just want to, uh, wow. You want to hammer. I, I would just like to say that, um, when you think about Luna fish, I really would like you just to just think about feeling like you don't have to worry about anything. Like you're just there to have a good time. We're there to have a good time. We don't worry about a whole lot of ego stuff. We just really want everybody to have a good time. And if that there's if there's any experience that you could have, especially around, uh, revolving around music, is it's just family. Yeah. You know, whatever mood you're in, whatever's going on in your life, you can really just forget about it for a little while and just enjoy having a good time and being being here now. 
Ram Dass has a great book called Be Here Now, uh-huh. where it's like, regardless of whatever else is going on, just be here now yeah. and enjoy what's happening because, you know, we can't control everything. I think that's a big thing with Jeff's uh, accident is that life can change on a dime tomorrow or today. And yes. you don't have any control over that. All you have right now is right here, right now. And at this moment, we're all together having a good time with music. And that's the common thread that ties us all together. Forget about everything else. Yeah. That's what I want. That's oh, that's what right. And that's aren't what you we thankful all want. for that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And that and that we have the opportunity in Livermore to play every single weekend and bring that to people and yeah. and and fill our own souls with that. Oh my God! You cannot. You cannot can't ask for anything better. I stop and yep. smell those roses every day. Mm-hmm. Not just about music. It's also about family, about grandkids. Right. Um, but it's it's a lot about music. And like we live in this bubble here in Livermore mm-hmm. of great weather, tremendous venues that go out of right. their way to make yep. nice places for people to go and listen to live yep. music. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Exactly. We're lucky. Bill. Um, echo what Chris said. Um and just that, we, you know, what you were just saying, we are so happy and thankful and proud to live in Livermore and be a part of this whole music thing going on here. We've been saying it for years, back to the jam night days, like there's something in the water here in Livermore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, other than what the lab does. But um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. Um, yeah. It's name on the ablate. Right. <laughs> but uh, fish. It, it's just it's like no other place I've ever lived and no other musical community I've ever been a part of. Um, and just to be able to gig, like Chris said, every single weekend and not have yeah. to drive more than 10 minutes. Right. You know, Michael, we played a gig in Dublin a few weeks ago and Michael and I were driving there and Mike's like, man, we got to travel so far to this one. Yeah. Because we, we're just five, <laughs> 10 minutes. Charge more. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> travel fee from Livermore to Dublin. We just, we uh, have a new, a new drummer in our band. Um, it's an amicable reason why we had to replace, but he previously, the new drummer, Stu uh, Shader, had previously been in a band that was based out of San Francisco. He lives in Pleasanton. So for him and his musical experience over the last five years, a gig is, well, first of all, getting a gig is hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you have to go knock on doors from San Jose to Sacramento okay. looking for a place to play. And then it's a whole production to get there. And then, you know, you're in some crappy bar and it's, you know, three people listening. And I mean, it's not like that in Livermore. Right? No. For bands and for venues and for audiences, there's just this magic that's it going is. on here. There yeah. really is. That's why LivermoreLiveMusic.com is just so awesome because that's some, that's something that we haven't had before. Yeah. And to well, be able to have that available. I mean, LivermoreLiveMusic.com didn't make any of that happen. That all happened by itself. But what we do is make it easier for people to find right, it, you right. know, and just go out and you don't have to search through Facebook and mm-hmm. web posts and whatever looking mm-hmm. for who's playing where. Like, yeah, just check it out and go and then go where you yeah, want to go. Don't just look at the website. Get up and go. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, where you want to go. Yeah. I was just right, telling Jeff? my sister about that this morning because we were talking about whatever. And I brought up LivermoreLiveMusic.com. I'm like, yeah, you could just, it's Friday night. I want to go see some live music. And you got a list. You know, whatever. Take yeah. your pick. Big list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. So. Right. And by the way, I'll I'll tease this, but I'm not going to give any details. Mm. Um, we I mean, we always have things in the works and new things that we're working on under the umbrella of Livermore Live Music. It's more than just the website. It's this podcast. It's a lot of things. And there's something else new that's coming up for venues and bands 
in the area, actually in the whole area, mm. um, that I'm really excited about and that people will be hearing about in another week or two. Um, so mm. just that, I'll just that's just a teaser. I'll just tease that. That's yeah. so not fair. Yeah. Tell, tell us off mic. You have to tell yeah. us. I do. Off, I off do. Air. Have to do. Okay, off when we're air. done, I'll tell when you. When we're off air, you'll have to tell us. Sworn I, I just, if I have it just a second, oh, I would just love to send out a shout of gratitude for all the people who we call them lunafish lunatics, and we have such a great fan base. We really do. They they come to almost every single show, if not every single show. And they motivate us to continue to freshen the show and to make sure that we provide something new. But the love that we receive from venues and the fan base and just the general community keeps us going in a way that we just kind of pinch ourselves a little bit and go, wow, this is just so the love people have for Jeff, the encouragement people have for Jeff and his recovery, the love people have for us for supporting him and continuing on his vision of what lunafish the music that he wants to do and we're grateful to be doing it and then to have a place to do it right where you don't have to like beg people to hire us to Mm -hmm. to play we are so grateful and so happy there's just hey you mentioned you mentioned everybody but just as we're closing out here uh just run through your lineup one more time just make sure we're shouting out absolutely uh so our rhythm section strong rhythm section have been playing together for 20, 20 years. 20 years uh, is Bill on drums and Mike Fine on bass. We got Don Bot on keyboards, Kurt Stahl on guitar, Mark Furtado on guitar, who's our newbie, but he's settling in just awesome. Um, and then our leader and founder, Mr. Don Jeff Fish. Bot. And Don Bot. I said, did Don I say Don Bot? Did. Did okay, did, right. Mr. Don right. Bot on keyboards. And of course, Chris Catuso Fish on vocals. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being Thank here. You wow. Thank it's you been guys. Thank you guys for the opportunity. It's been great. Thanks. Cheers. 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 Yeah. com. There, there you go. go. That's right. <laughs> Fourth choice. Make sure to subscribe. <laughs> Hit the like button. I registered.